Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I am your host, Andrea Claussen, and today I have Haley Cole on with me, and I'm super excited to chat with Haley, um, you know, everything about spiritual journey, uh, intuition, and um, tapping into our, you know, bodies in a different way, so to speak, I guess. So I want to kind of first start by getting to know you, Haley, um, and I'm going to start by asking you, what's your favorite way to tap into your intuition? Um, so my favorite way is meditation. Um, there are other ways I do too, but for me, meditation, um, really feels like a way of honestly coming home to me. Um, I have kind of been like moving around a lot and I felt like I was always kind of looking for my home. And what I found is when I'm meditating, I actually feel like it's like my inner home and wherever I am, I am home if I can go inward and do that. So that's my... That's my go-to. <laughs> I love that. And if someone's thinking about like starting a meditation practice, um, do you have any like set rules or anything that people follow or what's the best way for people to get started with a practice? So I have a couple of general things. I'm not a big rule person. Um, <laughs> no worry. I'm not either. So. Yeah. So generally speaking, what I do kind of recommend is that people do it for at least 20 minutes. The reason for that is because the first five to 10 minutes is really your thoughts are racing through your head and like you can't really get, allow yourself to get into that deeper state. And it's kind of why people stop after like five, 10 minutes is because like their thoughts are racing and they're just kind of like, this is pointless. Um, But really once you get past that, that's when like the magic kind of happens. So I suggest kind of letting and allowing yourself that 20 minutes. And actually I find oftentimes when people allot that time, when they hit 20 minutes, they can go for like 30, 45. Um, And don't like set an alarm or anything because then you're focusing on when is the alarm going off Um, and allow kind of yourself that space and just allow that, that way to go inward and don't judge yourself or get mad at yourself if your thoughts start racing because that's bound to happen and that's okay a really good way to kind of start is things like guided meditations, but I suggest really kind of screening guiding, guided meditations um, because you really want a guided meditation that allows you the space to utilize your own intuition and allows you to really um, go on the journey within the meditation, even though it's guided. So those are kind of avenues that you can start because um, I know that it's probably a little intimidating if you've never really meditated before to be like, you need to sit still and like go inward for 20 minutes because I get that's kind of just like, okay, but how? Um, so guided meditations are a really beautiful way to start. I like that. And the guided meditations, um, you know, that you were talking about is just having that space. I think that uh, if people are brand new to that, is there any way that you can, I don't know, articulate how that might look? Because I guess for me, I've, I've experienced the, you know, guided meditation that you're talking about, but I don't think if I would have just started out, if I would have known what that looks like compared to just your regular guided meditation. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of, it also depends on the person. So like I'll use myself as an example. So when I make a guided meditation, I typically really work with, or really want people to be introduced to their guides or people who are helping them kind of on the other side. Um, so how I set it up and design it is that you're going through this journey and it's like guided through the journey. But once you get to the point where you're meeting somebody or you're meeting a guide, um, or a certain ascended master, that's really going to help you. For example, during this meditation, um, I actually stop talking and I say, okay, um, your guide, your ascended master has a message for you. 
and you're going to listen to them now and you don't judge whatever comes through or like the thoughts that you have that come through because they're probably messages that you're probably going to be getting or the feelings that you feel because that's another form of a message um, and just allow yourself that space um, to allow those messages to come through and allow whoever's coming through to talk with you and allow those downloads to come through. Um, so typically it's kind of like you're guided to a certain point and then at that certain point, the person who is guiding you really steps away and allows you to step forward and utilize your intuition. Does that, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. No, that makes sense. And that was actually my second rapid fire question, although we I dove right into meditation, which, is, which I <laughs> wanted to do anyway. Um, and the next one is about who are your go-to spiritual guides? Um, so the interesting thing about guides is that they change. So my, you have a main one always from the time that you're born until the time that you pass. Mine is Jesus, so I work with him a lot. Um, I also work a lot with Jack and um, Merlin, Lakshmi, Saraswati. Um, a couple of other ones have been stepping through really recently lately, um, one of them being Freya, Athena's another one. So it's like an Archangel Michael is huge for me too. I work with him all the time. Um, so it's a, it's a very wide variety. <laughs> yeah. um, you don't usually just have one or two. It's actually a huge team that comes in and out. Um, it can be loved ones that have crossed over, um, other beings, um, elementals, ascended masters, gods, goddesses, um, archangels, anyone who kind of operates within that love and light realm can really step in and help you out but those are typically um ganesh is another big one for me um cyrus there's like a long list but it's kind of what i'm working through around that time and kind of who i need to call on is kind of who or what i'm learning is who i see really steps up in accordance to that um but definitely like archangel michael and jesus athena is a big one for me um definitely step through a lot Okay. And I'm going to totally circle back there because I bet people, I, I can't remember if I've really had anyone talk about spiritual guides in the past. So we're going to totally circle back to that because I think there's going to be a lot of questions yeah, or just information about it. Yes. Yes. But I figured I was like, I want to just do a quick one and just kind of see, and then yeah. we'll come back to that. Um, so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, so what is your favorite spiritual book? Um, so I'm reading one right now that I really like because it's just, I like to, I tend to be really drawn to things where I just learn a lot of new knowledge. Um, and one right now I'm reading, I can't remember the title, um, The Ancient Secret of the Flower of Life. I was actually just reading it this morning and it's all about sacred geometry. Um, but I really am starting to dive into also like Yogananda's book and honestly, like the sacred text, I really kind of gravitate to. Um, so like the Gita and stuff like that. Um, I don't really have a favorite, but I think it's just kind of whatever calls to me at that time. What about, do you practice yoga? I actually, I don't, I do need to get into it. Um, I do need to probably start that practice. Um, but I haven't, I haven't been called to it yet, which is interesting. Okay. I love that. And I was just going to say, I'm like, I, um, so just the way that you answered that and how you were saying, I haven't been called to that. So I want to kind of start there and how are, are you so sure and so connected to your intuition? And I love that. 
um, you know, you're just like, no, I just haven't, I haven't been called to that yet. And you're not like closing the door on it. You're just like, it just isn't there yet. So can you tap about, or talk about how you kind of tap into your own intuition, you know, besides meditation, what are some steps or maybe your journey? Um, I know you had a spiritual journey when you were eight. Um, you know, how did you kind of get to this point in your life? So it's a long journey. I'm not going to lie. It did start when I was young. I was always, um, I mean, I think all children and everyone is intuitive. That's kind of like my biggest message is that we all are. Um, but I definitely remember certain instances where I just kind of knew things and I definitely was um, an intuitive child. And when I was around eight or nine years old, my parents decided that they wanted to kind of step away from the religion that we were in, which was Catholicism, um, and really go down their own path. And so as a byproduct of that, which was really interesting, and I really didn't even realize how incredible it was that they did this um, until later in life, but I got introduced to a lot of different people because they were in their like exploration phase. So I got introduced to like a shaman healer who I had my first healing with him when I think I was like eight. Uh, He was like really the first person that we met and everything that he said really resonated with me more than kind of anything I was learning in church. And I actually, from a really young age, always felt a really beautiful connection to God, but I didn't really like the way it was being taught in in the circumstance I was in. I didn't really enjoy going to church. I think religion can be beautiful. Um, it just didn't fit with me, but I, I always remember like thinking about like spirituality and about God and Jesus and, and angels and all these other things and really loving that um, and feeling a really big connection. And then when we started doing this and really diving into other avenues, that felt so right to me. Um, so he was really the first person we were exposed to. And then about a year later, so I was about nine years old, we got introduced to um, a really amazing man who was a feng shui master. He's an amazing spiritual teacher. He also studied as kind of like a monk. Um, his official title is like a yama. And he just is so intuitive and so far along his path. And he would come to our house and he would teach my brothers and I all about meditation and energy and the chakra system and the different gods and goddesses and ascended masters and like how to like meditate and what it, what an intuitive message looks like versus what it doesn't and what's the ego and like how the ego operates and how it works and like law of attraction um, before the, the secret was a thing. And that came out and originally it just started out that he would just like kind of come and stay for the day or stay for the weekend and just visit. And then eventually Um, more people wanted to meet him and he started teaching workshops that I would go to. And then when I was 14, um, I started the process. He's also a Reiki master and I started the process to become a Reiki master. And then at 16 I did. And ever since then, um, I kind of had just been like growing this skill. Um, and then kind of around the age of 22, I really started honing in on it, um, and going deeper and utilizing it more and paying more attention. And I always have meditated and I've always, it's always been a really big part of my life, but I really put it at the forefront around like 22 years old because I had some experiences that were really, really difficult and I really needed to heal from and I had the tools. And so I just decided that that was the time and it was time for me to start, kind of start up and really dig in again 
even though I never turned my back on it, um, I wasn't really making it my like number one priority versus around this time I did and I continue to today and really just started listening more, um, paying attention more and really healing my healing myself and allowing um, the avenues that I were really blocking my intuition and my trust in myself um, to come through. And so that's like kind of been my journey. And now I'm, I'm to the point now where I, I'm so grateful that I was able to have a teacher and someone who was willing to take, put in the time and, and help me and, and help grow my intuition and my knowledge that I really, I want to do that for other people. Um, and so now that's kind of where I am. Oh my gosh. That is such a, such an experience to grow up like that and just, you know, just have such an open, you know, minded, lots of different people coming through and teaching and, oh, that's, that's amazing. Um, and I can see, you know, how you at such a young age and it is like, I can see it in my son who, you know, he's three and a half, like he's just much more open, you know, to different things. Like, I love it. And I love that you just, your parents just never let you, you know, let you guys lose that. Um, and one of the things that you said on your journey was, you know, talking about healing yourself. So I want to know a little bit more about, you know, maybe some of the things that, you know, helped you heal, or if people are thinking about, well, how, what do you, what does she mean when she says heal herself? Does it mean like, you know, sometimes I think we think, oh, she was injured, but like, no, like, you know, emotionally injured too is all of those things. So how did you maybe go about healing yourself? Yeah. So for me, I, I really had to get the, to the root of a lot of the things um, and really discover the whys of why certain things happened. Um, for me, ironically, when I was 16, I actually also got into a really toxic relationship. And even though like this, all my spirituality and stuff like that was something and my intuition was something that I, I loved. I also grew up in a really small town and a very closed-minded area even though like my family wasn't the area was and so I couldn't talk about things and yeah. so it was it was really interesting because over time because it was such a huge part of my life and honestly what I love talking about the most I didn't really know how to be and so I like built up walls I had I developed really low self-esteem um low self-worth and just a lot of shame around who I was um because I felt like I had to put like a kind of like on a mask with different people versus who I actually was. Um, cause I just, I didn't know how to talk about it. And so over time, I think that developed into me accepting that I have to be, I'm going to be treated worse than what I deserve. It was just like a lot of self-worth stuff. So I ended up getting into a really toxic relationship. I stayed in it for like five and a five years. Um, and over that time develops, um, issues with eating, with working out in a really unhealthy way. Um, and then, oh, I did get out of the relationship, but my anxiety was really bad. I definitely had some depression and I eventually did like kind of pull myself out of it a little bit. Um, I mostly just kind of ignored it and suppressed it. Um, cause this was all during college and I was like, I'm too busy to feel things, <laughs> um, which is such an excuse, but that's like kind of how I approached it. And so I definitely like had a little bit of a wild side and went out a lot, partied a lot, 
and then I graduated from college. I ended up moving to like this really small island um, because I'd gotten an internship and about a month and a half after I moved, um, I was assaulted and it was a very random occurrence. And I, I walked away from that situation, obviously like very, very upset. Um, but also I remember just like after a couple weeks of it happening, I was just kind of done because I, I didn't remember what I, what it felt like to feel joy or to feel happy because when I did, the moments were so fleeting and then I just went back to feeling numb and like a shell of a person. Um, and so that was, a, that was when I was 20, I just turned 23 and I was, I just kind of left it up to God and I was like, like you know, I'm done feeling this way. So whatever I have to do to get to that person that I know I can be, I'll do it. Um, and then the message that came through was you already have all the tools, start utilizing them. Mm -hmm. So I started implementing, I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm, so I started implementing meditation, um, on a daily basis and I know, and, and I do this sometimes too, that meditation is sitting still, like really trying to keep your thoughts quiet. But what I actually used it for was going back and healing all of the situations that really needed to heal. So I did a lot of inner child work where I would talk to my inner child who felt shamed at a certain point in time. I really started from the beginning and then was like, okay, I did end up at this place, but what got me there? Like what belief systems were formed to make me think that this was okay? Um, and I really just started working at the core and like chipping away at that. And then over time, looking at the situations, going back to certain memories, and talking to my, who I was in that moment and explaining the situation and explaining that they have a voice and that you can use it and, and really allowing myself in that moment to talk. And, you know, these meditations lasted for a pretty long time, but it really was healing for me because I allowed myself in that moment to speak. Um, I would also do Reiki on myself and then um, energy healing on myself that I've just kind of learned over time um, and what I've just kind of been shown to do in meditation um, by my guides and stuff um, and just to release certain things. And, you know, it didn't happen overnight. It was a process, but there were things that would come up and I would have an intention set during meditation. And sometimes it went in another direction depending on what I actually needed. Um, but sometimes it would be, I want to heal, um, certain things about like utilizing my voice like please take me back to a memory where I felt like I couldn't speak my truth um, and then I would like ask to keep taking me back to those memories so that I can talk to that person and I could heal it um, and I could allow myself to release those emotions and then sometimes it takes multiple times to go back um, because you discover new layers and new things come up um, but that was a process that took a little while, but that was so instrumental in healing and releasing and letting go. And over time, because I got so used to talking to myself and allowing um, and trusting my intuition to guide me through that, and I just felt so much better afterwards and I felt so much lighter, um, other messages started to come through even more and allowing like myself to learn more and kind of have these little like sessions or class sessions um during my meditations from like my guides and stuff like that 
um, over time. But first I really had to heal a lot of things to get there. Um, and it was even like past life stuff too that came up, but it was so important for me um, to go back to that and really work through that. And it probably took, I mean, everyone's a work in progress, but the bulk of that probably took like a little under like a year, maybe a year and a half um, to really work through. Thank you for sharing. And, you know, thanks for sharing like the, even just the reality of it sometimes takes multiple times to go back and heal. And, you know, this can take, you know, it can take longer than a year. I mean, this is, you know, again, a lifetime of just kind of tapping in and tuning into this. Um, one of the things that I want to tap into, you know, with you is about energy. Cause I know you do a lot, you know, with energy work mm-hmm. and, um, what are some ways that people can go about maybe protecting their energy and, if people are new to that, maybe a little bit about why that even matters. So people can protect their energy. I mean, I, like, I, I talk to a, a lot of like archangels and stuff like that. Archangel Michael is really huge in protection. Like that's his thing. Um, so first and foremost, I always have him around me at all times. Um, and the reason for that is because especially with really empathic or sensitive people or people who are just literally like lights just shining, um, you tend to attract or people are attracted to you um, who want to take your energy or want to learn from you but don't know how to exactly articulate that and or they just walk past you and they like your energy and so they attach a cord. So cords are kind of like energetic like drains sometimes where subconsciously and they don't do it on purpose because obviously no one's malicious about it usually. Um, someone notices someone's energy and they subconsciously are like, I want some of that. I'm having a bad day or in general, I'm not feeling that great, but this person is clearly feeling great. So I want some of that. And they attach an energetic cord to you. Um, and they kind of like siphon it off of you. So it happens sometimes randomly. I see it. I work with a lot of coaches and entrepreneurs I see a lot with coaches and entrepreneurs because when we put people on like pedestals or we see someone who we kind of think is like further along in their path than us and we want to get there um, and we're having this exchange, it's kind of, it's common for like a client sometimes to attach a cord because they want some of that energy and they, they love who they're learning from so much that they actually almost like siphon it off. And so I see a lot of coaches who become very drained, become very burnt out really quickly because they're not allowing that protection um, and they're not putting that in place before they go on to a call. And it's not that the client is like doing something like that or doing it on purpose. Um, People do it all the time. It's just something to like be aware of um, so that you don't, you don't take it, you don't give any of your power away, but you also don't give any of your energy away because when, when we have that and we have all these cores attached to us, like we have the burnout happen and we sometimes just like do end up kind of just quitting or saying, I don't want to do this anymore. This is too much. Um, and so having that in place is important because, and you also don't want to take on other people's stuff because sometimes when we have these cores attached to us and we're with people a lot, Um, and we're like kind of having them integrated with us a lot, 
we can actually take on some of their stuff and some of their emotions and even some of their karma. And so we don't want that, obviously. Like we have our own stuff. We don't need anyone else's. We're here to help always and to serve. Um, but you don't want to take on anyone else's things. So having that protection in place, shielding yourself in a white light, asking Archangel Michael to be there. Um, we also have spirit animals and you can ask them, like usually they're just there because they're so protective, but just having that saying, can you please like make sure that you stay and that you're protecting me um, is important as well. I tend to tell coaches to imagine like four different archangels in, in the room with you and protecting the room um, so that nothing else can come through and stuff like that. Um, but that's just like different ways and different avenues that, that you can go and setting up a sacred space and stuff like that. So what would an energy reading look like? Because I know you offer those. How is that? Um, is that like tapping into maybe some of those cords that people might have attached to them that they didn't even realize? So yes, during energy readings, um, I do see those. With energy readings, I typically, or I typically work with the other person's guides to deliver any messages that they have for them um, and what they need to hear, especially in that moment, or maybe it's even like, in the future. Um, typically I also do energetic healings. That's when I see more chords cause it's a different energy I'm working with. Um, I kind of view it as like when I'm in like energy reading mode, it's more communication. Um, and it's more of me kind of being a messenger and talking and that's the channeling versus when I'm doing the energetic healing on someone, I'm like almost examining them um, and their energetic body and kind of seeing if there's anything like attached to them, what's blocked, um, what's like kind of coming up and stuff like that. Um, but I do typically, especially with, um, coaches when I'm doing energy readings on them, a big message that does come through a lot is that there are cords, especially if they come to me and they're like feeling very drained um there are usually a lot of cords attached to them and it might not even be from clients it can be from friends it can be from family it can be from like joe that you saw in the grocery store um and, and it's really just really like really sensitive people who are just like really high vibrational um so they do come up and that's when the guides will come through and be like you need to protect your energy more um and then that's kind of like the messenger coming through on my end um, and really helping them to just notice it because sometimes we don't even really realize it. We just get off a call and feel really tired. Um, but that's usually an indication that there's probably a cord attached to you and that the person was probably draining your energy a little bit. That makes sense. Yeah. So I feel like now's a good time to transition to the spiritual guides since we, you know, we're talking about those. So in case people are like, okay, what are, what are these spiritual guides that they keep talking about? Can you tell us a little bit more about them and, um, even if like how people can tap into their own guides. Yeah, absolutely. So they're always with us. They, they don't leave. You have one guide um, from the time that you are born till the time that you pass that's assigned to you. So you always have one that's with you. And then kind of how I look at it is like it's a team and then certain ones sub in and out. It's kind mm -hmm. of like a game where it's like, okay, like you're needed in this time. Like go check in. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and it can be a it's typically what I've found. I think that sometimes people think it's like a team of three. It's, it's so many. And, and that's actually something that I like to talk about is people say things like if you knew how protected you were, if you knew like how many people were working for you, like you would 
you you wouldn't worry. Like mm-hmm. I've seen how vast amounts of help that we get. And it's so true. Like you, you truly are so protected and you are so supported. Um, the one thing that they, they actually are coming through, um, they do want to mention that even though like, yes, they are here to support us, they also want to remind everyone that we also have karma. So there are certain points in time where maybe something less desirable has happened. Um, I can use myself as an example. Um, that like that assault that I that, that I experienced, it it wasn't great, obviously, um, and it wasn't a good experience. But as a byproduct of that, it put me on this path. Um, and karmically, I had to experience that, and I had to burn. Also, you have to burn karma with certain people too, and certain mm-hmm. things um, to get where I am right now. And they because we signed up for that before we came here we signed like these soul contracts and we had certain things that we wanted to do. They can't impose on that. Um, they can't impose on our free will. So they want to say that even though they are always here with us, sometimes they can't interfere, even though when they see us in pain and they see us in sadness, it's really hard for them and they love us and they, they want to help, but they always can't, they just can't always step in because it's an, an it will interfere with your free will and you can't, they can't do that. Um, so that's a distinction that they do want to make. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you can always though ask them for love and support. So if you're going through a really hard time or you're going through a really big release, even though you can't say like, can you take this away from me? Like, can you make it better? Like you can, whether or not they will, if it's karmically, they might not. Um, you can always ask, I need to feel your support and I need to feel your love. And they can always step in and they can always give you support and love. Um, they just might not always be able to like change the situation, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you can always ask. Um, but that's also like a little bit of a distinction they want to make. But with your guides, they're, they're here to support you and they're here to help you through. And what's really beneficial to having a relationship with them is they know kind of your path and where you're going. and for the best life that you can possibly live and so like if you have people on the other side not really people but if you have something on the other side or you just have some kind of a tool that you can utilize to really get you to where you want to go and it can get you to where you want to go quicker then why wouldn't you grow it and utilize it um if they can help you and they can support you and they can like give you the messages to guide you so that's kind of as much as it's woo-woo, it's also kind of logical. It's kind of just like adding something else into you. It's like adding another tool to your tool belt type of thing. Um, so they can be like ascended masters. They can be archangels, angels, um, elementals. I've seen like other beings, like extraterrestrials come through. Um, for people, it really depends on who you are, gods, goddesses, um, anyone who operates in that light and love space. Um, can really step in loved ones who have crossed over I've seen people who have had past lives with somebody um, and they're not even reincarnated in this life but they love them in a past life and agreed to be a spirit guide for them in this life um, be on their team so it just depends on on the person Um, but they're here to help and they're here to support you and, and they want to build that relationship with you um, and intuition can look different for different people too. 
And how do you know, like, who is on your team? Like, is there, is this someone where if someone's thinking, well, I want to know who is on my team, is this something they can tap into themselves or do they have someone else like yourself? Um, I know I've worked with the Nakashic record reader. And so, um, you know, I've kind of worked with different guides in the past as well. Like, is that someone that you kind of get that knowledge from, or is this something that everyone can tap into themselves? I think that everyone can tap into it themselves, um, through things like meditation. I, I will say sometimes if they, if they like, aren't used to communicating with you, they don't want to like scare you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they'll be like very gentle about it at first. So you might sit there and be like, I want a message and then I, I want to communicate with you. And that doesn't mean that like Archangel Michael is just going to stand in front of you because that's <laughs> well, right. If you've never, <laughs> never talked to them before, like that would terrify you. So they typically in the beginning, it starts off a little bit small, like gut feelings and um, maybe you get a thought that rushes through your head or like just you can just feel certain energy or you just know. Um, and that's all your intuition. So really paying attention to those signs and following them and that kind of lets them know that you're open to working with them. Um, but a good way to kind of see is just to honestly ask, um, ask who who they are. Like if you go into meditation and you just say, I really want to know you. I want to get to know you. Um, can you please step forward and just see if a name pops through or if someone comes up um, and just don't judge it or, or get any, go get in your head about it. Um, and typically they will. Um, I have an inner guys meditation on my website too, that you can check out, but you can also do it in, in meditation and just ask um, and allow that to come through. I love that. Yeah. And that's usually for me, anytime, I guess if I have to be like super grounded, um, and my Vata in balance, if any of my Ayurvedic people up there, cause otherwise, um, I have a tougher time tapping in, but I know when I'm grounded, I, I different ones will pop in. Um, and I mean, this gift that you have it's amazing. And it's like, this is, you know, what you're here, you know, on this planet to kind of do is, you know, work with the guides and the energy and helping people realize this. So how do people maybe realize their, you know, intuitive gift or how do they even know what their gift could be? So typically it's, it's like I said, so different for different people and it can show up in different ways. Um, it can be typically with empaths, especially in the beginning, I see that they're very sensitive to feelings. Um, and so they'll get like certain feelings around things, like if they should do something or they should do, should not do something. If like they want to, for example, like we'll go something simple, like go to a party, right? And in their gut, they're just feeling like it's a bad idea. That's your intuition kind of stepping in, just kind of telling you, no, you just shouldn't go. Um, and so listening to that and utilizing that is, is one avenue, um, pay attention to how you're feeling around certain things. Like if you ask a question and you get a gut feeling about it, follow it because that's, that's them communicating with you. Um, it can be through things like, like auditory where you literally ask a question and then you can hear them like talking and and it comes through. And if it's from like a, a place of love, then it's usually them and it's a lot gentler versus if it's like kind of harsh and from a different kind of place, that's ego. Um, so that's also a way to differentiate between the two because with sometimes with auditory, it's a little bit more difficult to see which one it is. 
Um, so if it's a place of love and like light and it's a little bit gentler, that tends to be your guides versus if it's like harsh, then it tends to be your ego. Um, there's also like visions. If you get visions like, or like images flashing through your mind, um, or sometimes like you just know, like you just know for sure that this is the avenue to take or the way that you should go. Um, and that's a form of it too. And so it's different for different people. So really pay attention to when you had to decide something and it was a big decision, how you came to that conclusion. Was it that gut feeling that you had, or was it like a voice that rushed through your head that said, go this way or do this thing? Um, or was it that you just knew and then kind of build that up over time and ask for more signs? Cause they will give them to you. They want to communicate with you. Um, and so then just pay attention. And when they do, and when you notice, oh, this is a sign and this is them communicating with me, acknowledge it and say thank you because that's you kind of accepting it and saying, okay. And then that gives them the signal of, okay, she's ready for more. And then over time, it just builds. Yeah, I, I had that like an example with my son when he was probably two. Like we were at my friend's house and you know we always go to their basement and play when her older son was at nap time and one day, and he loved it, tons of toys down there. One day he just freaked out and he did not want to go down there. And I was like, weird, you know, and we, I brought him down there. I mean, he was crying just a whole big fit. And then we get down there, I don't know, he's probably playing for like an hour. He smacks his head on the corner, cuts his head open and has to have stitches. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, like he kind of like knew that this is like going to happen. Like that was what it felt like. So then, um, I don't know, probably a year later, like my husband was going to take him with, um, to go to his work and he started freaking out, which he never usually does. So I told my husband, I was like, my gut says not to bring, I don't know why. I mean, it should be fun. He should be fine. But like, I'm saying no, because this just is like a repeat of the last time. Like he just knew something bad was going to happen. So I was like, don't bring him. And so he didn't go with him that day, but like stuff like that, that's where I guess I play with like trusting you yeah. know, my gut and just knowing like he knows. Yeah. And your son is very intuitive. Um, so definitely that that's part of the reason why he chose you as a mother <laughs> so that you can allow him to do this and allow him to grow it. And you're not going to like tell him that it's wrong or not listen to him or tell him that like nothing's there or something like that. <clears throat> so that's really amazing that you do that with him. That's, that's beautiful. And it's really going to help him. Yes. Ah, oh, that gives me chills. <laughs> so, oh gosh, final few questions. I want to kind of tap into connecting, you know, to our body via spirituality. Mm-hmm. How do you kind of, do you have any tips or tools on how that might happen or how does that look like in your life? Um, so for me, I'm super connected to nature mm-hmm. and sometimes with the body, it'll tell you, it always tells you what it needs. So for me, when I, cause I do so much work where my head's in the clouds, that kind of, um, so it's so important to me that I stay grounded so that I can approach it from like this realistic standpoint, um, and a grounded standpoint. So whenever I feel like I'm too far gone, I guess you could say, or like not really in my body, my body will tell me and it'll crave, like go outside go for a walk on the beach, go to the forest and connect that way. Um, And so your body will give you these instincts of what it needs and what it needs to do because you, it's really hard. And I've seen it a lot where 
people do get into this work and it's obviously amazing and it feels so great and it's so beautiful the things that you get and the messages that you receive that people forget to be human um and live a human experience as well as a spiritual experience so what staying grounded does and really taking those that that moment to go out into nature is to help reground you and to literally help bring your soul back into your body um so that's kind of how that's the biggest way I do it I also pay attention to the food I put in my body um I'm really careful with what I consume I actually don't drink alcohol um or have any other substance come through because I found that it I, my intuition works a lot better when I don't have anything like that in my body um and I eat like a mostly and you don't have to um but for me I found that eating like a mostly plant-based diet is what's best for me and following that and following my intuition and what it needs because I found that when I do that and my, that's lined up it's a lot easier for me to channel and it's a lot easier for me to listen to my intuition. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. I, I agree on all fronts because I'm the same way. I love nature. And I also know like anytime I, I have a glass of red wine, mm. not great the next day. I just, it's just, I just feel off. So, yeah. So um, Haley, where can people connect with you at? Like where can we get more information from you? So I'm, so on social media, I am Haley Cole is my Instagram handle. I spell Haley, H-A-L-E-Y, and then C-O-L-E. And my website, if you want to book a reading, um, I also offer coaching and where we really dive deep into building your intuition um, and all the things that I've been talking about, yeah. <laughs> where that's like a six-month program. Um, and then I also have, I also offer healings. And I have meditations up on my website, just one-off ones. I do have a couple of courses too. Um, so that's all on my website at shinewithhaley.com. If you want to check that out, or if you want to just DM me and tell me that you listened to this episode, because I honestly just really like talking to people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> me too. People. So I'm just like, oh, yay, hi. Um, <laughs> so I would love to just like, get a DM from you too and, and learn more about anyone who listens. Perfect. Well, I have one final question. Um, I always like to throw out a weekly challenge to my uh, listeners. And when I have a guest on, I have you throw out the weekly challenge. So what would you like that weekly challenge to be? Um, so I'm going to challenge everybody to set aside 20 minutes a day to meditate. It can be at any point in the day that you have free, um, but set aside 20 minutes to do so. Perfect. I love that. Well, thank you so much. And my son joined us for the last little goodbye, just in time. Comes down to say hi. So thank you so much. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power.